Turn with me this evening to the book of Haggai, please. Lovely Gary, thank you. Bless the Lord. You'll find it sandwiched between Zephaniah and Zechariah. A little book of Haggai. Haggai, Haggai, whatever way you want to pronounce it. We have a, a few readings, so just bear with me. In the second year of Darius, or Darius the king, in the sixth month, in the first day of the month, came the word of the Lord by Haggai, the prophet on the Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Josedach, the high priest, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say, the time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses, and this house lie waste? Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. Ye have sown much and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it into a bag with holes. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go to chapter 2, please. Chapter 2. And... Let your eye run down to verse 15. And now I pray you, consider from this day and upward, from before a stone was laid upon a stone in the temple of the Lord. Since those days were, when one came to a heap of twenty measures, there were but ten. When one came to the press fat for to draw out fifty vessels out of the press, there were but twenty. I smote you with blasting and with mildew, with hail, in all the labors of your hands, and ye turned not to me, saith the Lord. Consider now from this day and upward, from the four and twentieth day of, of the ninth month, even the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was led, consider it. You know the Lord will bless the reading of his word, but let's just buy again the word of prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are in our midst. And we ask you, Father, in Jesus' name, that you would have your way and that you would speak in this house. And Lord, that you would deal with all of us in whatever way, sense, or fashion that you see fit. We pray, Lord, that tonight our hearts would be strangely warmed and greatly stirred because of the things that you're doing among us. Help us to be mindful tonight, Lord, and help us to set our minds on the things of God. Father, if our hearts are unable to open tonight, then we ask you, as the Lord hath opened Lydia's heart, will you open the hearts of men and women tonight, and will you glorify your own self? We ask it in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen.
I thought for, of a title for this tonight and I, and I was a little bit lost for one and before I came out, I was thinking about it and looking over the scriptures and the thought came to my mind that it consider it a word in season. So you and I tonight, if we could consider this a word in season, that God is speaking to you and that God is speaking to me tonight. You see, the word here that stands out five times in four verses and is prominent in all of our reading is the word consider. Consider. In chapter 1 and verse 5 and in chapter 1 and verse 7, both times it tells us to consider your ways. Let me say it again. Consider your ways. In chapter 2 and verse 15, it says, Consider from this day and upwards. In verse 18 of chapter 2, it says, Consider now from this day and upwards. And finishes off in verse 18 also by saying, Consider it. Consider it. Consider what the Lord is saying tonight. It is to consider what the Lord is doing tonight. That you and I are to consider what God is speaking to you about tonight. Forget about what everyone and everything else is saying. But you and I are to consider what God is doing in our midst. To consider what God has done in the past. To consider what God has promised for the future. To consider where you and I are with God. Consider your ways tonight. The word consider in the dictionary means to look at carefully. It also means to think, to deliberate on, to take into account. I want to say it again, for I want you to grasp hold of what God is really reaching into you tonight. And God really wants to deal with you and to speak to you that it could save your life or even your soul. It could bring great blessing upon your home and upon your family. It could bring tremendous blessing and anointing in our own assembly. And forgive me tonight if I get parochial looking here for I'm conscious that this goes on iTunes and internet and Facebook and all of those things and people download these from around the world. But wherever God is blessing and whoever is hearing, then consider what God has done and consider what God wants to do for God wants to move. Consider means to look at carefully. To think, to deliberate on, to take into account. God comes to this people and tells them, stop what you're doing and think about this. Stop what you're doing and listen to what I'm saying and take it on board, take it into account. There's something grievous, he says, that is happening in the midst. There's something tremendous that I want to do. And I have great plans and great blessing for this people if they'll just take it into account. The word consider in all of these instances, if you were to go into the the Hebrew language, it's richer than ours and you could 
For one word, you could, we could spend a verse trying to explain what one of their words are. They're so rich. But two of the Hebrew words placed together gives us a picture of exactly what God is saying to you tonight. What he has said to the people here in the book of Haggai. And it gives us a clear picture of when God wants to come and speak into your life. And what God wants to say to you, not the person in front of you or behind you or beside you, but to you tonight, what will God say? The word here for consider, consider your ways and consider from this day upward. Consider now from this day upwards, consider it. Five times the same Hebrew words are used. And yet throughout scripture, most of the occasions, but not in all of them, but most of them, it's in a different tense and a different sense. So we want to look at what God is saying here this evening. Consider it. For example, he's saying what the dictionary says, that consider means to look carefully to, to think upon, to deliberate on, to take into account. But you know, the English language doesn't show us enough. Let me go a little deeper with you. I want you to draw closer to me that we can really open this up and that our hearts will be exposed right onto the Holy Spirit. For God wants to move and God wants to bless and God wants to lead and God wants to encourage. God might rebuke and he might reprove. But nevertheless, it's always for our good and for our benefit. The word consider, the first word that this, these two words are joined on one to another is a word levav. And levav comes from a word lab, which gives the idea when we speak of the heart of a man and the heart of a woman. Means more than just the, 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 the little airy furriness that many of us think that, you know, well, it's a little thought, it's in my heart. It goes deeper than that. Let me expand it for you. It means the feeling, the will, the emotions, and the intellect. God says that this consideration must come from right deep inside you tonight. Because it's a serious issue and it's a serious matter. And God has a great blessing for you. For example here, the word heart here for feeling, will, emotion and intellect gives the idea of the center of anything. And the center of everything. If we were to go to, say for example, our capital city and go down to Belfast city center... And many live on the, the suburbs, and many live in the boroughs further, up, further outside. And that's where most of life will, will, will be around the, the area of Belfast or London or New York or, or, or Washington or wherever you want to go to. And inside the main city, that is where the commerce is. That is where decisions are made. That is where the governmental issues are, are issued forth from. Right from the heart of the city. That's where the power base is. That's where things that really matter and depend upon are. Right in the heart of the city. And people may visit there the old time. And people may go to shop there. People may work there. But they travel home in most cities to be out of that heart. That's the idea here for the word levav. 
gives the idea that we seem to go around the earth skirts in our own spirituality before the Lord. That the Holy Spirit wants to move in power and in glory in his people. That he wants to come and really dissect the heart of every man and of every woman. And when the Holy Spirit dissects the heart of every man and of every woman, you and I see ourselves for who we are before a holy God. The Lord says to these people, we'll explain what's happening in a moment. But he comes and sends a message to them. And he makes sure that they know that it is from him. The word heart here means the center of anything. Do you know that place in you that only you and God knows? Do you know that center, that real you, the real man, the real woman who's in you, that only you and God knows, even the very secrets of your heart that are hidden for years, that place is where God is looking for. He says, I want you to consider something in there. There's people and they consider doing things for the Lord but it's a fleeting thought of consideration and it comes and it's great and it goes as quick as it comes again and that position is left vacant because God has never really spoken into them for ministry. God has never really dealt with them in that place. It wasn't from deep within. But when it is from deep within, they stay to their ministry, to their place, to their post, through thick and through thin. When God has dealt with. You know why? Because you have no choice. You have no option but to serve him. It's the same with people when they say, I want to be a Christian and it comes from their head and not from their heart. I need Jesus in my life. I want to be saved and it comes from emotionalism or it comes from their mind and not from deep within their own being. The real man and the real woman that is in them and soon they fall away again. They get bored with it. They never love the Savior. Their heart hasn't been touched by it. Their heart hasn't been turned around by it. Their heart hasn't been revolutionized and turned upside down and wrung out of all the drags of the world. But you see, when the Holy Spirit really shows you Christ dying for you in your room instead, and it's from your heart, you will go on with him. You'll feel him. And you'll fall. But you'll go on with him. It's his grace. His mercy. It's that part that we need to get down to real issues with. Here we have this people who are to consider their ways. And it was a message straight from God in our reading. The first part in Haggai chapter 1. Look at what it says. In verse 1, just a few lines down for time's sake, the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet. The word of the Lord, not Haggai's word. Look at verse 2. Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say the time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Notice this. Once they said that, 
God read their heart. God seen their motives. God knew their ways. God seen their actions. God seen their walk. God seen what they were getting up to. And he comes again to Haggai after speaking to them. And it says in verse 3, look at this. Then came the word of the Lord. He then came, as it were, if you want to go into New Testament times, the Logos of the Lord. Do you know who this is? This is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And he comes to Haggai and he uses the vocal cords of a preacher and a prophet and he says, Haggai, go to this people and tell them, consider your ways. It's only a message from a pulpit. It's only a preacher giving off steam. It's, it's only someone trying to get it out of their system. The Lord here, in the terms that it is written here in the Hebrew, it gives the idea, this is as important tonight as if God himself came and stood before you. Well, if God stood before me, friend, I want to tell you, God is standing before you tonight. Not the man, God is standing before you tonight. He says that from the heart there must be consideration of your ways. Notice this. The first word for consider is the word lib, the center, the will, the intellect, the emotions. Everything that you are. You see the real person inside this shell that we use, this tent that we walk about in, this tabernacle, whatever way you want to call it, this body, this mortal coil. Do you see the real you inside of that? The real person who you look at someone else and, you know, and they're a real person inside of that body. That's what we're talking about. The real you will either be saved or the real you will, either, will be lost. The real you... The second word here is the word sum. For consider, it's levav and sum. You know what the word sum means? It means, gives the idea to set, to appoint, to lay hold on something, or to lay hold on someone. Please get this tonight. I believe that you consider this, it's a word in season for you. It means to lay hold on someone or to lay hold on something. It also means to transform. To transform. To change. It's the same as repent. Change your mind. Change your thoughts. Change your thinking. Consider your ways from your heart. Sit down. And give it from the very deep innermost being. And transform yourself. Be transformed. For the Lord is right before you. Let me go on. Here where it says consider your ways. It was an exclamation of an herald. And of a prophet. As I said sent directly. This was to the remnant that came from Babylon, that is the captives of the southern kingdom of Judah. And when you, you think about it, they were taken away from Jerusalem and the Lord had allowed the enemy to come and, and the enemy comes and grabs hold of them and manhandles them, takes them away to Babylon. 
And in Babylon, even there, they're even, they're even singing in the Psalms. They're singing that they can't sing the Lord's song in a strange land. By the rivers of Babylon, where we sat down. Yeah, we wept when we remembered Zion. The, the hanger willows on the harp. They're, they're, they're harps on the willow trees. And, and they're sitting there crying and, and weeping and mourning. For they long for the place where they once were. And God in his goodness and in his grace and in his glory, he comes and he makes a way for them to be able to escape. He makes a way from Babylon. And he brings great deliverance, great redemption, and he brings great salvation to them. And suddenly they find themselves back in their homeland. Wouldn't you think that they would really be seeking God? Wouldn't you think that they would be giving God all the thanks and the praise and the glory for the great things that he has done? He moved on the heart of what is called a ravenous bird. He moved on the heart of Cyrus, a heathen king, to let them go. And now they're free. And now they're redeemed. And now they're they're delivered. They're liberated. They're in their homeland. And the Lord had a plan for them. The Lord had a purpose for them. You see, it was salvation for service. This is what they began to do. They began to rebuild their homes. And their businesses. And there's nothing wrong with doing well. Nothing wrong with working hard. But what they did was they neglected that for which the Lord had rescued them from for. In other words, God delivered them that they would serve him. They were to build a temple. For out of this would be symbolic until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And from the tribe of Judah of the house of David would come the Lord Jesus, baby born in Bethlehem. But you know what? Because of man, because of man like you and woman like you and I, because of human beings the way we are. You know what they did? They started to lay down the things of God. They turned away from the things of God. They didn't want to know the things of God. Even though he blessed them, even though he delivered them, even though he gave to them and rescued them and moved on their behalf and for his glory, what does he get? Absolutely nothing. Nothing. And God looks at this and he sees the times that he's moved for them and he's withholding such a blessing in heaven. He's ready to open out the windows of Open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. But he has to withhold it and restrain it. And he wants to bless them so much. He wants to use them. He wants to move in power and in glory among them. He wants them to know that I am your God and you are my people. And let me move in you and through you. You know what the people were doing? Then we have a great deliverance. The accelerating time of God moving upon the heart of an heathen king, Cyrus. Oh boy, haven't we got a great God? And they're praying for 70 years in captivity for God to move upon them. God answers their prayer. 
And when they get what they want, and when they have a touch of the blessing, they think it's enough to do them forever. They go into the promised land. They forget about God's work and God's service. They forget about the Lord altogether. They start to do paneled or sealed houses beautifully ornamented and decorated and God's temple was lying in ruins. They were more worried about their work. They were more worried about building their house. And they started to become carnal in their minds and in their thoughts. And God is withholding, ready for this great blessing. And he says, do you not realize the plan and the purpose I have for you? My son will be born of you. Do you not realize Redeemer will come? Revival will come on Israel. And that's why our Lord sends a prophet. It's as though he's standing there himself saying, Hold it. Don't go any further. Don't move on without me. You know, this message was so effective in the shaking of the people from their lethargy that this message also had an abiding relevance for all who would fail to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It was a message of rebuke to some. It was a message of exhortation. And it was a message, a message of encouragement to many. Stay with me a minute, will you? Don't want you to miss it. God is speaking to hearts. God is looking inside. And he's opening up the heart of every man and woman. Where are you? What are you doing? Stop what you're doing. The idea is, everybody down tools. Don't go a step further. Don't put one more nail in a post. Don't go any further. Don't build anything else. He says, I want to bless you. I want to use you. And it's through my spirit. We've sang it at the tent. We've sang it. People have been singing it ever since. No, not by might, nor even power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. You know, the buildings had become quite derelict. And the people were building the buildings and forgetting God's work. But they were derelict in their service to God. Let us never be derelict in our service and our love to Christ. Let us always keep him before our eyes and our very face that we will always look upon him. For you know, we'll find, even as the reading says... That the Lord says unto them in verse 9, You looked for much, and lo, it came to little. Do you know when God is in it, there's great blessing? Do you know when God is in the midst and at the center, when the Lord Jesus is exalted and lifted high in all that we do, you know, that's when God really moves large. 
And our heads are in the clouds or also on the ground. And we're running around looking for this and that. And striving, you know, if I, if, if I work harder, I'll do better. And if I do, friend, here the Lord stands and says, consider your ways. This is something I wrote. Usually I would read a quotation. This is my quotation, okay? God's anointing is not just for a moment of glory. Neither is it just for the glory of the moment. No. God's anointing is for the glory of God to be demonstrated in every moment. I was quite chuffed with myself when I wrote that one. I'll say it again, will I? God's anointing is not just for a moment of glory. Neither, neither is it just for the glory of the moment. No, God's anointing is for the glory of God to be demonstrated in every moment. What do I mean? You see, they had been liberated. They had been delivered. And now they had arrived into their the promised land, the holy land, wherever you want to call it. And, and here they are. And you know, wasn't God great there? It's like last week, everybody's talking about the tent still. And they're all saying, wasn't the anointing in the tent great? And wasn't it fantastic that souls were saved and backsliders were restored? We're hearing of healings even this morning. Someone's hands were like that from birth, crippled with axemen. They had to keep straightening them out. And they showed me them. They were as pure as a baby's hands this morning. And it says, look at my hands. And we could say, oh, the glory of God last week and thank God for it. But friend, the glory of God is for this week. It's for every moment. The anointing is for tonight. The anointing is for your family. The anointing is for you to move in, not just a pastor or a preacher or an elder. The anointing is for every child of God. And these people couldn't see it. God was saying, go and build. They're just running everywhere. I'm guilty I put my hand up that I'm always thinking of George Jeffries, Stephen Jeffries even, and Smith Wigglesworth and John G. Lake. You know, I'm thinking of all the, the old Pentecostal greats when really the filled places and people were saved and there was great revival meetings you know, and, and bodies were healed and people were baptized in the Spirit. And, and I'm always thinking about that and would, I talk about it, I take quotes from them. I'm as guilty as the next man. So when I say this, I don't want anyone thinking I'm, I'm saying of you. But here's the thing. Do you see the God that done it then? He's the same tonight. We have changed. You and I have changed. We have differed. But he remains the same. Here's the thing. These people looked at past glory. And God says, if you knew my real glory, 
And what I have planned and in store. What greater glory than to have from your tribe and from the house of David. The Lord Jesus Christ to come from. So he comes. It's strange. The one who comes to Haggai to tell him to stop is the one who's born in Bethlehem. It's a marvel of marvels, isn't it? You know, he stops and he says, consider your ways. See right from your very heart. You could have it now and go out and forget about it. Birds of the air could take the seed of the word of God out of the heart. I want to tell you something. If you take it on board and guard it in your heart, it will change your life. You're the same Lord. You're the same God. You know, the one who parted the Red Sea. The one who came in power and in glory that we read about in the Bible. Uh, He's the same one who who filled the early Pentecostal movement. He's the same one who moved in power and glory then. And you're the same one who's here tonight and within me. The same. Joyce G. Baldwin uh, in his commentary, listen to what he says. He says that this portion of Scripture could be called or entitled, It's Now or Never. It's Now or Never. From Hosea 1, verses 2 to 5, he says, It's Now or Never. Jesus was saying, It's Now, folks, or Never. Lord, will you move and do something great? I want to, so it's now or never. Will we take the baton and run with it? He says, it's now or never. Maybe you're about to give up in your ministry. Don't give up. Because the Lord may say, it's now or never. I'm going to do something. I'm going to bless. I'm going to encourage. It's now or never. Consider from your heart your ways. You see, the Lord says in Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9, He says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. See, it's now or never. Consider your ways. Maybe you're here tonight and you just happen to come in and hear the Lord would say to you tonight, consider your ways. Stop. Don't go another step further. Don't go another moment over time. Stop and consider from your heart, are you saved? Do you know the Savior? Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your own personal Lord and Savior? Do you know him? Because tonight could be so monumental in your life that God will bless you. Not only bless you with abundance of life, but will bless you with eternal life. And what if you decided I'm going to march on without Christ tonight in my life and this be your last night on earth? What if tonight you were to go into eternity, lost forever? What if it was tonight? It's now or never. 
Maybe that's what God has brought you to hear. If you want me, it's now or never. That's what God was saying to these people. Do you want it? It's now or never. Consider your ways. Friend, this is a word in season. Proverbs 15 and 23. Listen to what it says. A man hath joy by the answering of his mouth. A word spoken in season. How good is it? You know, here we have many answers by our mouths. But a word that's spoken in a season, a season when you're going through tough times, that there's a great, there's a great Lord to bless you. When you're going through a times when you're down and out, there's a great Lord to pick you up. When you're lost and in your sin, there's a great Savior to save you for time and eternity. That's the word in season that God would bring to us all tonight. That there is a word for you. Will you set yourself? Will you appoint tonight? As it says in this second word soon. Will you take the word on board? Will you drop everything and face the Lord? Will you as it were lay hold on a man. The man Christ Jesus as he lays hold on you. And even as Jacob said I will not let thee go until thou bless me. What if you're not considering your ways? And this was the last. It's now or never. Do you know, by the way, when this was meant to have been, I didn't do this on purpose. I just happened to look up the dates and the calendars are different. This is actually meant to be, guess what month it would have been when this message came? You ready? August. I mean that when the Lord came in Haggai's time, he came in August time. Now or never. Then he comes back again. And every step of obedience they take, the Lord's encouraging them. The next one he tells them to work hard, to keep going on, to keep trusting. And the third one he tells them, it says, take heart and work. And the third one, that's around October time. October time. And then the last one's in December time, around 520 BC. You know what it is? God's promise and God's prediction of what he will do. If you and I consider our ways. It's walking out. It's in my mind. Get up yesterday morning. It's in my mind. It's in my mind today. It's in my mind. You can hardly eat my dinner this afternoon. It's in my mind. Consider your ways. I says, Lord, I'm searching every bit of me here. I'm considering everything. Consider your ways, son. Consider your ways. Consider your ways. Look at it. Look to me. And I will pour out the blessing. What if you and I were to consider our ways? I'm closing. Thank you for your attention. It's been tremendous. Could have heard a pin drop in here tonight. The Lord says this in our reading, the second part, Haggai 2 and 15. And now I pray you consider from this day and upward. The idea here from consider from this day and upward, he means look back 
at what God has done. Look at past experience. Look how God chastised, but look how God liberated. And it gives the idea of, look how God has rescued you. Now, what way do you want to live? Gives the idea, he's telling them to look back. And then the last one, when we run that or I run down to verse 18, consider now from this day upward. The idea, see where you're standing. Gives the idea of a man walking up to a crossroads and a signpost. And here is the way to go, he says. Consider now where you are today. Stop and from your heart be honest in your own being. Where am I with him? He says, look back. Look how far you've come. He says, look ahead. God's promise and God's prediction is that he will bless you for every step of obedience you take. He says, now what way do you want to go? That's the way it reads. And the people are gathering around. And he says, is this what you want? He says, it's coming to nothing. Your life is a mess. God's delivered you. He's withheld from you simply because, he says, he has delivered you to serve. He has a plan for you. But until you stop, take account of it and say, Lord, here am I. Send me. One reading and we'll close. Isaiah 41. I want to show you the strength of this word consider somewhere else. As I said, it's very rarely used, but it is used here. Isaiah 41 and 17. Listen to what the Lord says. The blessing of God's people. Notice. When the poor and needy seek water and there is none, and their tongue faileth for thirst, I, the Lord, will hear them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will open rivers in high places and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. I will plant in the wilderness the cedar, the cedar tree and the myrtle tree and the oil tree. I will set in the desert the fir tree and the pine and the box tree together that they may see and know and consider And understand together that the hand of the Lord hath done this. And the Holy One of Israel hath created it. See the word consider? It's the same. It means that when we see his blessing. You know when you get saved. You know that joy in your life. Way deep in your soul. You know you're saved. You're forgiven. Oh, you're cleansed and you're just inside. You just feel so great. This is the Lord's doing. And it is marvelous in our eyes. See, in the same sense, when we take a step of obedience in God, the Lord says, once I see that from the heart, I will pour out a blessing. And people will see it, you will see it, and you will understand, you will consider, you will stop from your deep innermost being. And you will appoint a time where you will look around you and go, 
Lord, how did this all happen? It has to be of you. That's the idea of this consider. I stop and say, where am I in the scheme of God's plan? Where am I in the building of his work? Where am I in my heart? Am I saved? Am I lost? Am I going on with God? God bless his word. Your attention has been tremendous. You know, I've been troubled about this word all day. In fact, I think it was Mark I told it to you. Was it yesterday, Mark, or Friday? And I'd, I'd written it just on Friday, and I said, you know, Mark, I've had this word, and I feel it's really, it's different. It's something different about this tonight. It's different. But I don't know why it's for Sunday or not. It's troubling me. Maybe it was the, the type of word it was. This isn't a, a, a gospel message of salvation, really. This is God saying to you, this local expression of the body of Christ here. Are you ready? Search yourself. Consider your ways. Get in the line. I'm going to pour out the blessing. Do you want it or not? Lord, we want it. <laughs> Lord, we want it. Bless his name. Look at the time. Time's flowing. God bless you.